Catherine Bloom here, coming to you with a little story about a girl, her stepmother, and a juicy, juicy secret. What's the secret, you ask? <laughs> nice try. Come on, I'm just dying to tell you. Her name was Annabella. Campbell, like the soup. Annabella lived in a large house on a green hill with a finished basement and a pool table and her three brothers, Cody, Colin, and Coffin. Their mother, Mary Kristen Stewart Masterson Campbell, had been missing for two years now. And the father of the household, well, he was quick to remarry. The new mother was the local high school drama teacher, Bellatrix Lestrange from her father. She was five foot eight, had perky boobs that went all the way up to her chin, and her entire star chart was Leo. Every night when Cody, Colin, and Coffin were tucked away in their bed, Annabella would sneak down to the finished basement to find clues leading to her mother, Mary Kristen Stewart Masterson Campbell's disappearance. She checked the pool table. She checked beneath the pool table. She checked on top of the pool table. She checked in the little holes on the corners of the pool table. The only thing in the finished basement was a pool table. Knock, knock. I see someone escaped her bedchamber. It was Bellatrix. She was standing at the top of the stairs, wearing a long silk robe and holding a cup of tea. Bellatrix was not evil, but she was nosy. After all, she was an actress. Sorry, Miss Lestrange from her father. I was just playing some pool as I couldn't fall asleep. Please forgive me. As Annabella bowed her head and began to make her way up the stairs, she noticed a mysterious golden glow shining out from the floor beneath the pool table. The floor beneath the pool table? How silly of her never to check the floorboards! She made her way up the stairs slowly. Bellatrix watched. With each step Annabella made, the glow became brighter, more golden. The floorboards began to break. The pool table toppled over onto its side, and finally, when Annabella met Bellatrix on the top step, there it was. A large binder with the initials M.R. Bellatrix? Bellatrix? Um, madam? What does M.R. stand for? Nothing, Annabella. It's not important. What is this binder? How did it emerge from the floorboards like that? It's just a little tick the floorboards have sometimes. Come along. I've lived in this house longer than you have. I know what my floorboards do and don't do. What is it then? What? What do your floorboards do? They don't do anything. They don't do anything? I mean, they let me stand on them. Mm-hmm. Silence. Bellatrix spoke again. Annabella, would you like a cup of tea? Bellatrix had never offered Annabella tea before. She had offered her many other things, though. Roast beef dinners, warm milk before bed, but never ever tea. I'm not sure. Maybe I should just go to bed. Bellatrix snapped her fingers, lighting a kettle in the kitchen. She could make anything happen, as she was an actress. Oh dear, I'm afraid that the water is already boiling. Bellatrix began to make her way down the stairs. One step, two step. With each step Bellatrix took forward, Annabella took a step back, 
until finally she was at the bottom of the landing. Take a seat. It's your basement, after all. Annabella slowly made her way near the wall of the basement next to a sliding glass door leading to the outside. Since there was no furniture other than the pool table, this was Annabella's favorite spot, as it reminded her that somewhere out there was her mother, a matronly, slender woman of 48, with juicy dimples and a pinchable ass. This is my favorite spot. But it's nighttime. You can't see anything outside. It just... I don't know. Makes me know that there is an outside. Bellatrix took a seat beside Annabella. She drew her knees to her chest and rested her cup of tea on top of her knees. The two of them sat there for a while, staring at the wall ahead of them. The wall was painted beige and was completely bare other than a black and white hanging canvas that read, Failure defeats losers. Failure inspires winners. I first met Mitt backstage of a reading for my first play, A Peach from the Orchard, in 1993. Who's Mitt? Bellatrix pointed to the binder. Underneath the MR in tiny cursive letters read, Mitt Romney. You mean the man who ran for president? Shh, Annabella. Sweet girl, humble girl, baby girl. You must never tell a soul. Do you hear? Annabella nodded. She understood. What's his binder doing here? Annabella was still in shock from the entrance of the binder. Her palms were cold and sticky. There was a hole in the floor from where the binder had emerged. The pool table was still toppled over onto its side. There were no balls, as this was a ballless pool table made simply for the purpose of showing guests, look, we own a pool table. But now, Annabella began to realize the pool table had a much greater purpose. It had been, in fact, a canopy over Mitt Romney's binder that lurked beneath the carpeted floorboards. His binder is here because- <sighs> It's a long story. It is. Bellatrix snapped her fingers once again. A cup of piping hot chamomile tea appeared at Annabella's feet. As I was saying, I first met Mitt backstage of my first play, A Peach from the Orchard. In 1993. In 1993, correct. It was intermission. I was on my way to the little girl's room to powder my nose and look over my lines. You would think that as the playwright and the starring role, I would have a sense of my own dialogue, but no. I had written far too large of a role for myself. I had on this tight corset so I could hardly breathe and I was freaking out, absolutely freaking out. The first act had this rough, passionate sex scene where I gave fellatio. It was all staged, of course. No dicks were sucked in the making of this show. Ew. So anyways, the first act was finished and I couldn't be more glad and I'm making my way down to the little girl's room with my corset and my clickety heels when I see Mitt Romney drinking from the water fountain beside the bathroom. And when he sees me, he holds out his hand to shake. So what did you do? <laughs> I shook it. I had never seen the man before, so I figured he must have been a fan of some sort. I had many fans in those days, most of which were handsome middle-aged Christian men with wives. Handsome middle-aged Christian men with wives love musical theater. They love actresses, sweetheart, not theater. Anyways, 
I shake his hand and he notices that I'm holding a binder and he asks me what's in it and I say, my script. Why did he care about a binder? At the time, I thought that he cared because he wanted to get a hold of my writing. I found that flattering. So I told him the truth, which was that the binder contained my script. Annabella reached for her tea. The steam created circles in the air that rose up to the ceiling fan. It was hot, piping, in fact. As her finger brushed the side of the mug, a chill ran up her spine. She would have to wait at least another 10 minutes to drink her tea. And Mitt nodded and asked if I wanted to go for a drive at the end of the show. Now, normally, I wouldn't get in the car with a stranger who I'd only briefly met outside of a bathroom, but there was something mysterious about Mitt. He reminded me of a casting director who looks at you and knows that you're the one, or not. And he filled me with this kind of rage and passionate energy that made me want to find out more. Did you go with him? I went back on stage to perform the second act, and then I met Mitt in my dressing room when I was finished. He was holding a pile of gowns, Victorian-looking gowns, the gowns that nuns wear, teeny tiny lingerie slips, all kinds of gowns. And I asked him what the gowns were for, and he said, I've been searching for a woman to photograph. So Mitt Romney is a photographer. Many, many politicians have other passions, sweetheart. For example, George W. Bush likes to paint. I knew that. Anyways, I look at Mitt and I begin to laugh. And he asks me what's so funny and I say, if you're in need of a woman to photograph so bad, where's your camera? Now, these were the days before cell phones. I'm not sure if someone your age can even imagine a world without TikTok or Gmail, but... Photography was far more complicated than just click, click Instagram. And Mitt responds and says, all of my equipment is in my car. I have a studio three miles away in Hartford. Why didn't Mitt Romney have a studio in Hartford? Why is the Pope Catholic? There are some questions that are best left unanswered. Annabella looked back at the hanging canvas. Failure defeats losers. Failure inspires winners. We drove out to his studio in Hartford. It was a cold night, February. It was snowing. And he shoved the gowns into my arms before we got out of the car and said, bring these inside. I need to grab my equipment. So I bring them inside and up the stairs to the studio. And you know, it was a nice studio, an average looking studio. He had a little backdrop set up and lights, lots of lights. And I change into outfit number one, which was a French maid costume. Annabella reached for her tea. It was cool, a little too cool by now. So is that what's in the binder? Photographs? Bellatrix gave a little grin. As her mouth slowly curled into a smile, the binder began to wiggle its way across the room and onto Annabella's lap. It was incredibly heavy, made of pure gold and a little something extra. You look incredible in these Bellatrix, Annabella said as she flipped through the binder. Who did your makeup? If I didn't know you, I would think these were all different people. Bellatrix threw her head in the air and gave a chuckle. <laughs> that was the point, sweetheart. Mitt was looking to publish a collection that looked as if he had photographed many different women. That was what was so interesting about this piece. If one looked close enough, they could tell the woman in the photograph was always the same. And that woman was you. Correct. Annabella put down the binder. 
She turned to look directly at Bellatrix. In one of the 2012 debates, Mitt Romney mentioned that he had collected binders full of women. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. I recall. Are there more binders than just this one? Bellatrix placed her cold, bony hand on top of Annabella's young, fertile leg. She squeezed it for a second. There will always be other binders, Annabella. What's that supposed to mean? You're flirting with a man and things seem to be going great. You've gone out twice in one week and you text and text and he sends you little pictures of his kitty cat. I don't see how what you're saying is related. And you like him, you really like him. It's dumb because it's so early on, but thinking about him makes you excited, really excited. And finally you go on your third date and something has changed. He's happy to see you, but you suddenly feel insecure as if you were plan B and you can't tell if it's the little voice in your head telling you these things or the way that he checks his phone every few minutes or the way that he seems so unenthusiastic to go down on you when things finally become steamy. I'm 16. I can't really relate to any of this. And it turns out that you were right all along in thinking that something was off because after this date, you never see him again. That is, until he follows you on Instagram four months later. Okay. And like any rational being, you think that he's followed you because he misses you. He views all of your stories, he slid into your DMs one to three times, and then you see a photograph of a woman. A tall, elegant woman, and she's very clearly lying on his bed where you used to lie, and she's holding his little kitty cat, and you can tell the photograph is candid because she's talking, her mouth is forming an odd shape because she's halfway through a word, I imagine. Well, I asked if there were other binders belonging to Mitt Romney. Of course there are. He admitted it on live television. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. Do you know who's in them? Other women, I imagine. Actresses, to be specific. I'm still confused why you have the binder and not him. Mitt Romney is a Christian man, sweetheart. A Mormon Christian man. He could get in big trouble for having a binder like this around the house. So what you're telling me is that Mitt Romney took photos of you in different outfits, put the photographs in this golden binder, and then gave it to you to keep? That's correct. Which is why I'm suing. What do you have to sue for? Mitt Romney said on live television that he has binders full of women. Well, binders full of, uh, of women. This implies that these binders belong to him. However, since I am now the owner of that property, I would say otherwise. But what if he has other binders full of women in his home? Bellatrix grabbed Annabella by the collar and began to shake her. Annabella, sweetheart. I need to be sure that Mitt Romney does not take my binder away from me, all right? Annabella nodded frantically. Yes, Miss Lestrange from her father. I understand. You need to look me in the eyes. I am looking you in the eyes. Open them wider. You're squinting. Are you high? Yes, but I'm also scared. Please let go of me. You're high. Only a little bit. Bellatrix let go. She rubbed her eye and retied her silk robe as it had loosened up during her divine storytelling. Very well. Feel free to keep looking through my photographs. I'm going to bed. Annabella nodded. Bellatrix began to make her way up the stairs. Annabella continued to flip through the photographs. Annabella, one more thing. Make sure to put the binder back where you found it. 
The door shut. Bellatrix was gone. The next morning, when Annabella awoke, she went down to the kitchen to make herself a bowl of cereal. Normally, Bellatrix would be sitting at the kitchen island, drinking a cup of black coffee and smoking a menthol cigarette. Cody, Colin, and Coffin would be huddled around her, looking at the morning crossword puzzle in the newspaper. Her father would be in a suit, also drinking a cup of black coffee and munching on a baked treat of some sort. But this morning was different. The sky was gray, so gray that it was hard to tell that it was even daytime. Cody, Colin, and Coffin sat huddled around their father, who was drinking a cup of black coffee and eating a cranberry muffin. Where's Bellatrix? Cody, Colin, and Coffin collectively pointed to the outside, but Bellatrix was nowhere to be seen. She's outside? The three of them nodded. Where could she be? The backyard was small, and it was clear that Bellatrix was not there. They were the only house on the top of the hill, and they were able to see the whole village from the kitchen. Not individual people, of course, but all the rooftops and greenery. Yes. Where's Bellatrix? Annabella asked again, this time to her father. Her father pointed outdoors. You're pointing outdoors, but where is she? Annabella screeched in frustration. She wanted to know what had happened to Bellatrix. She began to throw things. She opened the kitchen cupboards and smashed the plates, mugs, and bowls onto the floor. She grabbed the fish tank sitting next to the windowsill and dumped the fish and water onto the kitchen island where Cody, Colin, and Coffin and her father sat. They continued to eat as normal. Annabella banged pots and pans. She screamed and cursed and pounded her fists against the floor. The fish flopped around on the kitchen island. What was going on? Where was Bellatrix? And why was her family acting so strange? What did you do to her? Cody, Colin, Coffin, and Annabella's father collectively shrugged. I know that it may come as a surprise to you, but me and Bellatrix actually bonded last night. Cody, Colin, and Coffin looked up with an expression that said, Pray tell. And I need to know where she is because she shared some very confidential news with me, and I'm afraid that she might be in trouble for sharing such news. In that moment, Annabella's father pulled out the golden binder from underneath his seat. He opened it, and out climbed Bellatrix, dressed in a golden gown and glass slippers. She gave a little chuckle, and then opened up the kitchen window to climb outdoors. Bellatrix? Bellatrix, where are you going? I'm sorry, Annabella. I'm sorry for everything I told you, but I must go. When will you be back? I'm so sorry, Annabella. Bellatrix, please, don't go. I'll forget everything you told me. I'll destroy the binder. Anything. I must go. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And she vanished. Annabella waited to make sure that she was really gone. Cody, Colin, and Coffin continued to munch on their breakfast, their father doing the same. Annabella made her way down to the window, but Bellatrix was nowhere to be found. The ceramic plates and glass bowls and wine glasses and fish tank were shattered all over the ground. Finally, Annabella gave up looking out the window. She turned around to head upstairs to get dressed for school. The fish was now on the floor, slimy and flopping around. She tripped over the fish, falling. The show that you just heard is written by Catherine Bloom, featuring Paris Adorno and Miller Pike. 
mixed, edited, and produced by Anya Kapishki. This podcast is created by Catherine Bloom. We hope you join us next time on Random.